Realty. This show is part of the Thrill Me Podcast Network. Experience more on Facebook and YouTube. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Review It Rob show. I am your host, Review It Rob, coming at you with another fun episode full of movie news, including DC and horror news. It's mandatory every episode, as well as some other bits of news around the movie realm. Also going to be reviewing Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Spoiler-free review. If you want to hear the spoiler-full review, check out Zach and I did a review Spoiler review on the Throw Me Podcast Network's YouTube. So if you've seen the movie, go over there. You can check us out doing that. Um, if you haven't seen the movie but you like spoilers, um, if that's your thing, go check it out over there as well, man. I, I don't know if we spoiled too much, but we did, you know, do spoilers. But um, thank you for joining in and listening to the show. Appreciate you taking the time to listen to this goofy freaking show that I do. It means a lot, man. Uh, Last week, celebrated three-year anniversary of this show. This week, we are celebrating the big anniversary of the Throw Me Podcast Network as it turns one, man. The one-year anniversary is happening for the Throw Me Podcast Network this Friday, which will also be happening this Friday, is I'll be defending my Throw Me Podcast Network championship, the first ever, the first ever, first ever reigning defending champion of Throw Me Podcast Network, man. So come over to our YouTube Check that out. We will be doing a show with all that fun stuff going on. Um, just so excited about Throwing Podcast Network. Very happy to be a year into this, and it just feels so good working with everybody here in the network and just all of us doing our thing and putting out our content and doing, doing special shows together. Just just been really awesome and been great to see how the the network has grown throughout the throughout the year and just can't wait to see for the things to come in the future. So, yeah, again, uh, follow us on YouTube. Hit that like, subscribe, um, get the notification bell ready to go because we'll be having a championship defense as well as some other fun stuff going on on that episode this Friday, the 24th. You know, we're also on Instagram and Facebook and all that good stuff, man. Throw Me Podcast Network. Check us out all all over there. All kinds of shows, all kinds of podcasts, all kinds of fun. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into our review portion of the show with Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. The film is rated PG-13 for violence, action, and language. Ah, Captain America might not like that. Uh, Action adventure film running in at two hours and three minutes long. It is only in theaters at the moment. Uh, Superhero partners Scott Lang and Hope Van Dyne return to continue their adventures as Ant-Man and the Wasp. Together with Hope's parents Janet Van Dyne and Hank Pym, and Scott's daughter, Cassie Lang, the family finds themselves exploring the quantum realm, interacting with strange new creatures and embarking on an adventure that will push them beyond the limits of what they thought possible. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes has it scored at a critic score of 47%. Wow. And the audience is at an 84%, while IMDB has it at a 6.6 out of 10. So, what were my thoughts? 
right, and again, if you want to hear a spoiler, this is going to be a spoiler-free review. If you want to hear the spoiler review, check it out on the Throwing Podcast Network. Zach and I did a video, man. It was awesome. It's always awesome getting together with Zach and talking about movies because we're both movie nerds and we both respect each other's opinions on movies. And it's always fun to get together and talk movies with him because even if we don't agree on something, which nine times out of ten we pretty much agree on things, but if we don't agree on something, we're, we're respectful to each other. We let each other voice our opinions. We don't call the other one trash or anything like that like you hear on the internet, man. So it's always a good time doing movie stuff with Zach. So go check that out over there. We have that out there now. Um, as for this review on, on, on this show, you know, I, with me and Marvel movies, you know how I am. Uh, if you're new to the show, not a Marvel guy. If you're a regular listen to the show, hit the bingo card. I said it. But um, going into the movie, I did have a little bit more interest than probably anything that's released lately from Marvel because I knew this was the start of a new phase. Uh, Ant-Man 3, uh, <laughs> the easier title, or just Ant-Man Quantumania, or just Quantumania. Uh, we knew that this was the start of Phase 5. We're going to go into a new phase, and, uh, you know, Say what you will about Phase 4. A lot of people were not fans of Phase 4 uh, with a select few pieces that were actually kind of good. But for the most part, Phase 4 kind of stunk. Um, and so now it feels good going into this new phase, especially knowing the the areas they're going to go in, especially with their new bad, big bad, their Thanos-level threat <laughs> with Kang. I'll give you my thoughts on Kang in a moment. So th- there was some ex- a little bit of excitement going into the movie. Um Cautious excitement, because again, I'm not the biggest fan of the, their style of film. But, you know, going in, there was there was enough positives for me to be interested. Again, going back to Kang, love Paul Rudd. I think pretty much everybody in the world loves Paul Rudd. Um, and the introduction of Catherine Newton to the franchise as uh, Scott's daughter, Cassie, I thought was interesting. Now, we've had two actresses before her play Cassie. We've had the young girl, and then we had another actress play Cassie in Endgame when... Um, Ant-Man returns, when Scott Lang returns from being stuck in the quantum room before. So, this is our first introduction to Catherine Newton in the role as well, and I'll get back to that. Uh, the movie itself, I think, I don't think it's perfect. I think it's a um, yeah, little bit over middle-of-the-road Marvel movie. I, it's it's my favorite Ant-Man movie. I, I would say that confidently. Um, I, I like the action of it. I like the, like the comedy bits of it. I like the 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 quantum realm of it all because that was the thing when I first heard about this movie it was like they're going to the quantum realm we've only seen bits and pieces of the quantum realm before they haven't spent an, an insane amount of time there so that would be like the cool new interesting add to this franchise which has kind of been building to and that we needed to kind of get to because it's been mentioned enough and all that stuff and we got the brief uh, moments of it in Ant Man and the Wasp so now going into this movie Quantum Mania to spend more time in the quantum realm was important and, you know, kind of gives us the idea of what it all looks like and what we can see and get the visuals of it. It feels like a, you know, without spoiling anything, feels like kind of an underwaterish kind of world at points in times. Um, probably be the best way to describe it there, but, but the scale is much bigger here um, as opposed to any of the other Ant-Man films. Because again, this is the building block before the Ant-Man movies, However you want to take it, we're like little kind of movies you just threw in to a point in the the timeline. Because like, all right, we got to introduce this character for something else. So let's give him a movie and put it out there kind of deal. At least that's how I see it. So this is the first time where Ant-Man is the central. I mean, Ant-Man was a big part of Endgame. But um, this is the first time Ant-Man is the big central point to starting the new phase. Because this movie is very much the introduction of Kang. Now, of course, we saw a Kang in... 
Loki, but uh, you know this is a different version. Because remember, in Loki, he was, I think, called He Who Remains, which is another tie into Marvel just doing Harry Potter stuff. But I digress. Um, this, that's what this main movie was. It was to show off the quantum realm and let's introduce, introduce Kang. So let's start there with Jonathan Major's performances, performance as Kang. I said performances because that's where we're, of course, leading in the future with Kang. But I think Jonathan Majors did a fantastic job. He is a very talented actor. He's uh, going to have a great year between this movie and uh, Creed 3 that's coming later this year and whatever else he possibly has to work on. I know those two off the top of my head because I've seen them all over the place and I've obviously already seen Ant-Man. Um, but he's fantastic. Like, even before, like, he's at full strength in the movie, there's just this feeling to him when he's on screen where you just know that this guy has just got something to him, right? Just this menacing, menacing, like, feeling with him, you know? Uh, the same way you would get with Thanos, right? But this one just feels a little bit, a little, a little darker, you know? Just look, think about that. Thanos wanted to wipe out the freaking half of the world, right? It just feels, this feels worse, and it's all due to his performance. Thanks, Jonathan Major. It's fantastic. I think this introduction of Kang in this movie did exactly what it needed to do. It showed you what kind of power this version of Kang can have, and there's all kinds of, remember, there's multiple variants of Kang that's coming. There's a whole Avengers Kang Dynasty thing that's about to, that we're all leading up to here. So it's, it's, you know, the introduction just of what Kang can do, right? Because we've seen a little bit of it in Loki, and now we're seeing much more here in Ant-Man Quantumania, and it's a very good setup. And of course, I'm trying not to spoil anything, so can't go too far in there. I go over my head three times and not spoil anything, but Jonathan Major's fantastic. Uh, I mentioned I'd get back to Catherine Newton. I've seen people going back and forth about her performance in the film. You know, up to you. You make your decisions and all that, I think Catherine Newton was perfectly fine in the movie, uh, especially it's her first time, you know, doing, has she done a superhero movie before? She did, like, Pikachu, right? But that is kind of a superhero movie. Um, she's got to get used to these things. I thought, I mean, my first introduction to Catherine Newton, I guess would have been Detective Pikachu, but I didn't know it, uh, but it was Freaky. Love her in Freaky. She was fantastic in Freaky, and from ever seeing her since that movie, I'm always like, oh, she's awesome. Um, I can't wait to see what else she's got to do. And she's in another show that I need to check out. I think it's called The Society. But um, her coming into this movie, I was like, okay, cool. That's interesting. Let's see how that works out. And I think she's fine. I think she plays very well off of um, Paul Rudd. I think those two have a very good you know, father-daughter connection in the movie. And I think they work very well. Especially at the times where he's teaching her things to do with, you know, like... Ant-Man stuff and all that. Like she's he's helping her out and all that stuff. Um, the dynamic of all them together for the first time, because you know, remember in the other movies they haven't all really been together. The first movie was, you know, Scott learning the powers and he was working with Hank and um, why am I forgetting her name? Hope. Uh, they, that was the first movie, and then in the second movie, of course, they're working more together, uh, Scott and Hope and Hank and all that stuff, and they're saving Janet. You know, so the, so this is the first movie where they're all working together. And of course, Cassie wasn't really working with them at the time. Cassie was a little girl during those two movies. And then, of course, in Endgame, she was just that one scene. This movie, Cassie's the main point. Like, it's a whole team. They're like a team together in the quantum realm. After they get there, they have to band together, right? As you do. So, first time they're all working together. And I think it works fine, especially for 
this movie. I think it all works very well, and it shows. Um, the movie itself, I don't talk about cinematography and all this stuff, and really care less about being one of those people that talks about cinematography and all that. I'm the common man podcaster, man. I just tell you what I like about the movie. <laughs> um, so I, I think the the special effects are really good in the movie, um, give or take, you know, bits and pieces here or there. But, you know, the main thing we got to talk about is, like, Modox human face showing some people don't like it some people are fine with it it didn't really bother me you know i think it I just, fine you know i got used to it first time i saw the movie i'm like ah it's a little goofy but as we went on i'm like oh i'm used to it and that's fine um and you know the, like i said the movie itself plays fine it's two hours and three minutes you probably could have cut it down some i, I think you know I I don't dislike Bill Murray. I like Bill Murray, but it felt felt like his scene went a little long. But at the same time, you're doing um, explanation and you're building his character and building the backstory of Janet's character who was down there for 30 years. You guys know what's going on there, what's been happening for the 30 years she's been there and, you know, what she has, you know, connected with and all that stuff. So I get it. And there's just times at the theater where I was like, meh, you know, kind of feeling that as much as I was with Thor, Love and Thunder because Thor, Love and Thunder just really annoyed me but um this movie not as much and i did enjoy the movie like like i don't get this hate that the movie's getting because i think it was the perfectly fine setup to the new phase that they're going i think the movie is entertaining enough it plays well on the big screen with all the vibrantness of the quantum realm and all that stuff and the big stuff especially the action scenes and all that plays well in theaters so yeah i don't understand the hate it's getting especially a 47% from Rotten Tomatoes critic score. I mean, that's tying it with Eternals as the worst MCU movie. And I couldn't agree less with that. Now, again, of course, we're all going to have our own opinions and all that stuff. That's fine. But I don't, I don't see what they're seeing when they're saying these two movies are both 47% because I enjoyed Quantumania so much more than Eternals. Um, just looking above it, Thor Love and Thunder, I liked Quantumania more. Uh, Thor The Dark World, I liked Quantumania more. The Incredible Hulk, you know, we can maybe start talking there. <laughs> but, and going up. Yeah, we can start talking from there. But, you know, I liked it more than Black Widow, I'll tell you that much. So, it, there's definitely Marvel movies that I don't like more than Quantumania. And I'm not going to run through this whole list because there's, what, 31 movies now? You know, like I said, I it feels like it's middle to just above middle of the road with, uh, you know, the MCU films. Maybe one day I'll end up ranking all these movies myself, but can't tell you why it's getting the hate that it's getting. I think it's a perfectly enjoyable movie, to say the least. So that's my review. <laughs> yeah, that's my review of it. Let me know what you think. And again, there's a spoiler review with uh, Zach and myself on the Throwing Podcast Network's YouTube right now if you want to check that out. Uh, one more thing on that movie. Uh, Kevin Foggy said... The testing for Jonathan Majors Kang was the highest testing villain ever in pre-screenings for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And again, they had freaking Thanos, which was a big deal there. So, I mean, that just lets you know how great of a job Jonathan Majors does. He, Jonathan Majors is the focus, focal point of the movie, for sure. He's the big thing coming out of this movie. There's two credit scenes, and I can tell you what they are. You may already know what they are. Again, you want to know those? This is a spoiler episode. Um... Anything else I need to touch on here? Nope. All right, let's go. Up next, let's jump into the movie news and, of course, mandatory DC talk time. Uh, first thing, and a lot of the DC stuff circles around James Gunn at the moment as James Gunn is the focus of the DC studios. 
and he's been answering questions as usual on social media. So one of the first questions that came up was, uh, was the potential Man of Steel sequel turned into Superman Legacy, or was Superman Legacy always a separate project? Uh, to which James Gunn stated, Superman Legacy was always its own separate project, rather than a retool of the Man of Steel sequel. Uh, when asked if Superman Legacy was there before he and Peter Safran came in, uh, Gunn said it was. I was hired to write Superman Legacy six months ago. Um, so there you go. <laughs> Superman Legacy was already in the books. The Rock is the one that got Henry Cavill in the Black Adam cameo. Uh, there is never any... And from what it seems, there's never anything else going to happen with Henry Cavill's Superman in DC. And again, I like Henry Cavill's Superman, but I understand why we're moving, we're, we're moving forward now. So I'm not not harping on it. Um, let's see. I was also asked... Okay, so yeah, another another user on the social media asked, uh, said that Henry Cavill should have stayed in the role of Clark Kent if Superman was going to have a child. Um Gunn's response to this was that I never said that Clark would have a child. Again, internet making stuff up as it goes. Uh, which leads to the speculation that's been going on now between about Batman and Superman's ages. How old are they going to be? Some people are thinking Superman's going to be around the same age as Henry Cavill was, so they're all upset. That's all. It's just not first fans. Um, all getting upset by nothing we know, obviously. But uh, he responded to this by saying... Quote, people are speculating about both ages. All I ever said was Superman was younger than in his 40s, and Batman might, all capital, be a couple years older than Superman. Now, this builds into both factors here. The first thing I just mentioned here, people still complaining about the Henry Cavill of it all and saying, why couldn't Henry Cavill just stay on if he's going to be this certain age? Again, Superman's going to be younger than his 40s. That's why they're doing a change of actor here. Uh, going into the Batman might be older. There's been the rumors of George Clooney being the DCU's Batman. Internet rumors and speculation. Guns already shot those down and said a new actor will be cast. But internet rumors are internet rumors. Take them for what you want to take them for. Um, so to me, it reads as it's always read. New actors will be playing Superman and Batman going forward in the DCU. Uh, Superman Legacy scheduled to hit July 11th, 2025. Uh, the Batman will debut in the DCU with the Brave and the Bold with a Robin, his son, Damian Wayne. Um, so, no release date for that yet. We'll see what happens with that. I'm assuming it'll be after the Batman trilogy is wrapped up, but I could be very wrong about that because, again, they could do the same thing. Um, it, it will confuse some people, but other people will be like, okay, I get it. That's DC, Elseworlds, this is DCU, completely different thing. Uh, let's see, another fan question asked whether we'd be getting any casting news announcements within the next six months, to which James Gunn simply replied with a yes. So yes, we should be on the lookout for some casting news uh, within six months that would put us around Comic-Con off the top of my head. I don't know anything about a DC fandom, but DC fandom normally took place at the end of the year. If we're going six months from now, that would be... August, roughly. So, we'll have to wait, but just be patient, my babies. <laughs> we're going to get all this casting news and all this information when we're supposed to get it. You don't have to break news first. It's okay. I know everybody's looking for clout and all that stuff, and they want attention on the social media of it all, this generation. But it's okay. Calm down. We'll get all the information when we're supposed to get it, like 
We used to. Like, I never... I've never been interested in looking up... Uh, okay, tell me everything about this movie. I need to know everything about this movie. What's that? Let me know, let me know, let me know, let me know. I don't want to know anything about a movie going in. I'm like one of those people who watches a trailer one time and then I'm good. Like, I don't need to see anything else. Like, I'm good from there. I don't need to look up spoilers of the movie. Like, when the movie is on its way, the only thing I do now, because movies are doing this now, Marvel... Marvel didn't introduce... Well, I guess Marvel... Well, the idea was created... I'll say back with Ferris Bueller. There's probably movies even before that that did it where they had that little extra nugget scene in there. Batman Begins put it in the movie with the teasing of the Joker uh, in The Dark Knight. And then Marvel's kind of built their whole thing with the after credit scene. So we all know now to wait after the credits, especially with these movies. So the only thing I do when a movie is out and when I'm about to go see a movie is I'll just simply go to the Google machine, type in, does so-and-so have a credit scene? And they just... You know, the answer should normally pop up without you getting any spoilers. I've never gotten any spoilers from it. But like, yes, it has one mid-credit scene. Or as recently with uh, Ant-Man, there's two credit scenes. One at the mid, one at the mid credits, one at the end credits. That's it. I don't need to know anything else about a movie going in. Like, I, I don't, I don't know. If that's your thing, cool. But I don't need that. So, and I don't get that whole thing of I need to know everything that's going on like people who are looking up behind the scenes photos and all that stuff I don't need that I don't want that I don't need it that's me so there you go I can I can perfectly wait same thing going on with Halloween Horror Nights right now there's speculation maps out here by people who have insider info but they're acting like a speculation I don't want to see that map because it's already been proven that the stuff you're putting on that map is not speculation. You know, maybe in the early stages you throw some random stuff in there just to throw it all off, but us in the know know. <laughs> so I don't look at that map because I want to be surprised. Like, there's no better feeling. I was telling this to my brother uh, the other day when he was asking me about the spec map. Like, I didn't look at it. And it, I love that feeling during HHN season of opening up. Twitter or Instagram or Facebook and seeing that Halloween Horror Nights Orlando has posted something and then just that excitement that builds up. You're like, oh, what is it? And, you know, sometimes it's just them goofing around. But, you know, other times when it's an announcement, you scroll there and you see so-and-so has been announced. You see the video package there and it's just like this extra excitement that just builds up inside of me. And I, I love that feeling. And I don't like that feeling being taken away from me. And that's what those maps do for me. So... If you're into that stuff, cool. Like, I don't care. It doesn't bother me that you enjoy it, but I don't want to see it, if that makes sense. All right, let's see. Other DC stuff, Jason Momoa has shown love for Ezra Miller. Um, it's a news for me because, you know, I'm an Ezra Miller fan, and I, I'm happy to see somebody in the DC universe showing some love for Ezra. I mean, um, James Gunn and Peter Safran have been, you know, showing positive signs about Ezra's um, treatment and getting better with the mental health and all that, which is the most important thing. But this is the first time I've seen an actor in the DCU say anything about Ezra. And Jason just said he loves Ezra. And that's enough for me, man. I love that. I like Jason Momoa a lot. My dislike of Amber Heard kind of weighs down things for me when it comes to Aquaman and all that stuff. But I do like Jason Momoa. He seems like an awesome guy. And... Love that he did that, and my my 
fan, I guess, fan of Jason Momoa, um, of it all. Is I don't like the Fast and Furious movies, but when I saw the trailer for Fast and Furious and saw him in it, I'm like, oh, I want to see this movie now. Like, it's the first time I think I've ever been interested in seeing a Fast and the Furious movie since the first Fast and the Furious movie because I was like, oh, Jason Momoa's in He's freaking awesome. I want to see that. You know, I want to see what happens there. Um, of course, and then, of course, they showed other stuff in the trailer. I'm like, this is fucking stupid. But, you know, Jason Momoa's in it, so I'll check it out. Um, let's keep on the Jason Momoa. This will be the last thing I talk DC-wise here. Aquaman 2 is not testing well. And it's not necessarily just because of Amber Heard being in it, because apparently she's not in the movie that much. Which, I'm going to come back to that, because that's that's a nugget I want to touch on there. But uh, apparently it is being called boring, not as good as the first movie, and potentially one of the worst DCEU movies. Now... <laughs> Take that for how you want to take it. I haven't seen the movie, so I can't talk to you about it. But DCEU movies, I mean, I've enjoyed all of them. I don't know if there's one I haven't really enjoyed. But obviously, you know, we can all rank stuff, even the stuff we love. And this being potentially the worst is not a good sign. Uh, of course, now we're they're leading into a new world over there in DC, and all the things coming from Jason Momoa's camp seems that he will still be in the role of Aquaman going forward, uh, even though they're the Lobo rumors are out there, and still, it may be a possibility. Who knows? But uh, it's interesting to see that movie's not testing well. Now let's get back to the Amber Heard part here. Uh, Tess Green is saying she's not in the movie that much, which sparked my ears a little bit because Amber Heard is in a ton of the first Aquaman movie, and that's why I didn't want to see this one, because I don't like her, you know, um, not a fan of her, like, so much so, Catherine Newton looks a lot like Amber Heard, and I'm almost like, <laughs> like, by the way, I'm like, that's not fair to Catherine Newton, let's not do that, but she looks so much like Amber Heard, it's insane, um, so, I'm now, I'm now wondering if I should see the movie, if, especially if she's not in it that much. That makes me think that they've... Because the movie has gone through reshoots, right? So yeah, I just Googled it real quick. And again, this is the internet. Take it for what you were, will. But apparently it did have some reshoots. So yeah, from what I was reading, it was pretty, pretty um, definite that it went through some reshoots. Which makes me wonder if a lot of that was cutting her out of the film. Which makes me happy um so am i seeing this movie now because again i do like jason momoa I like dc i want to support like that's that was always the hardest part about my stance of i'm not seeing this movie if she's in it because i don't like her <laughs> you know but i like jason momoa and it's a dc film and i want to support dc and now hearing that she's not in it maybe i'm back on Maybe I can see it now. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to think about this more, because it's kind of off the top of my head right now. But maybe I will end up seeing this movie. Especially if she's not in it that much. Like that was my whole stance with um, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Like there's no way I wasn't gonna see that. And I know that vast majority of that stuff is already shot. And the only new stuff was like the the nightmare sequence or yeah, the the ending sequence. I don't think it's called the nightmare sequence, but. I mean, it's kind of referred to as the nightmare scene, so we'll go with that. Um, so yeah, Zack Snyder's Justice League, that was like the only new stuff I think was shot with her. And again, it was very little, so maybe I'm back on board with seeing Aquaman 2 now. 
especially if your character gets killed off. Because, anyways, all right, that's enough. <laughs> uh, that's the DC portion of the show. Let's go ahead and move into. I don't even know what that accent was. If you haven't noticed the "Let's Get Twisted" thing, that's me. I twist around and make random effects and you know tones and all that stuff and voices because I'm wacky. But anyways, uh, let's jump into the horror realm. Well, the first thing to talk about here is Evil Dead Rise has its runtime. We know the runtime for Evil Dead Rise. And is it Rises or is it Evil Dead Rise? No, it's Rise. Why did I think it was Rises? Did that change? Maybe it just sounds better as Evil Dead Rises instead of Evil Dead Rise. I don't know. Nonetheless, it has its runtime, which will be... Uh, 1 hour, 32 minutes, so that's 92 minutes, beating 2013's Evil Dead, as it was at 91 minutes, when this movie is now the longest in the franchise by one minute. I liked I liked 2013's Evil Dead a lot. Other than that, haven't seen all the other Evil Dead films. I am interested in this movie. It does look really cool from the trailer I've seen. I've watched the original movie, goofy as all get out, um, but I get it, there's a time, and I get what they're going for. Uh, so, we'll see. I haven't seen the other stuff, but I did. I have PlayStation Plus. I'm a PlayStation Plus subscriber, and I did download Evil Dead Evil Dead game. The Evil Dead game. I want to say Evil Dead Rise again. I don't freaking... I don't know what I'm talking about. I, I don't know what's going on right now. It's just Evil Dead game, right? Evil Dead the game. Yes. Okay, so I downloaded that because that was free for PlayStation Plus subscribers. Um, I do have that download, and I'm sure... I'm more than sure. I'm positive. We've talked about it. Zach and I have talked about playing the game. I'm sure we will stream that if we are playing it. Um, that I'm not positive about if we're going to stream or not, but I'm sure we probably would. Um, so I do have that downloaded, and that's, probably, that's the only way I would play it is just to play it with friends because I did not enjoy the Friday the 13th game because I sucked so bad at it. Should have played it with friends. And I still have that option. It's available on the PlayStation catalog. So we'll see what happens there. But Evil Dead Rye, Evil Dead video game play streaming could be coming to the Thermomix Podcast Network soon. Uh, Evil Dead Rise hitting theaters April 21st. So that's going to be in theaters April 21st. So get ready for that. Because that should be a gory good time. Let's see. Uh, Warner Brothers has inked a multi-year deal with director, producer M. Night Shyamalan. There you go. Um, his career has spanned four decades of films. And this director is the only one with the rare distinction. I'm not going to say only one because I don't know if that's 100% sure. But he does have the rare distinction of having a film open at number one in each of those four decades. Most recently, his film Knock at the Cabin, which I still have not seen. I need to check out. Debuted at number one at the box office. I think this is a good move, no matter how you feel about M. Night Shyamalan. That's a big deal right there that he's had a film open at number one at least once throughout the last four decades. Um, so good for him. Like it again, some of those movies are hit and miss with M. Night Shyamalan. I haven't seen a, all of them. Of course, obviously, I see Dead People was a big one. I know that's not the name of the movie, but that's what, that's what I'm saying. Um, Sixth Sense. <laughs> um, and that was a big one. Uh, a lot of people did not like The Happening. I have not seen Old. I don't remember people liking it too much, but 
you know, that's what you're going to get with M. Night Shyamalan. But he did Glass, right? Um, did I see Glass? I feel like I saw part of Glass, and I just didn't fully finish it. So, yeah, he did Glass. I saw Split. I liked Split. I liked Unbreakable. Um, Lady in the Water. I don't think I've seen that. Uh, the Visit. The Visit wasn't bad. Signs. So, yeah. The Village. So, yeah, I mean, M. Night Shyamalan's got some decent flicks, man. So, good on Warner Brothers for locking him up or doing a deal with him, man. Multi-year deal for the next couple years. Good on him. It looks like he's already got a movie for 2024 called Trap with Warner Brothers on the way. Trying to see if there's any other information. No. February 2023, it was revealed Shyamalan's next film titled Trap would be released in theaters on August 2nd, 2024 by Warner Brothers. No information there, but you know I'll have the information for you later, my babies. Alright. So yeah. Again. Depends on how you feel about M. Night Shyamalan, but got enough decent movies there to make it work. Alright, let's see. Up next, included this because I love the idea of this. Uh, there's an upcoming documentary titled Mad Props on the way that will feature horror legend Robert England, also former Haunter's podcast guest Robert England, uh, and Lance Hickerson, uh, Mickey Rourke, and more. Uh, the documentary will follow a handsome nerd as he journeys the globe to turn the conventional art world on its head, proving to historians and critics alike that movie props are as important in art form as the greatest painting and sculptures in history. Yeah, god dang right they are. I freaking love this idea, man. This is something I sorely miss from movies. Now, of course, some of them are still very much alive and well in the film world, but... A lot of CGI is the way people have gone lately. I love props. I love, like, practical effects and all that stuff. Like, that stuff, when I see that in a movie, I'm like, yes, love that. So I'm so happy about this documentary. I can't wait to see it when it happens. Popping a Dr. Pepper, because I need one right now. But, with cream soda in it, because, uh, yeah. But, um, <laughs> I'm an idiot. But, <laughs> I really like that idea, and I can't wait to check out the documentary. Give some love to the props, man. Now, let's see. Megan, the unrated cut, is officially releasing. It will happen. And it will be streaming exclusively on Peacock starting February 24th. So, just in time for my for my championship successful defense, man. After I successfully defend that championship on the Throw Me Podcast Network's anniversary special, I can sit down with the championship and watch Megan unrated. So cool. I like Megan, man. Megan's still my favorite movie of the year. I've seen three movies <laughs> um, uh, so far. Uh, it's been Megan, Sick, and Ant-Man. And Megan is still my favorite movie of the year. Did I like Sick more than Ant-Man? I don't know. I'm going to have to discuss that a little bit more with myself. But Megan, definitely still number one on my list. And can't wait to check out the unrated cut. Especially with the rumors of Megan coming to HHN this year. Mm -hmm. Check out the Hauntress Podcast gang's thoughts on that over on the Thoroughly Podcast Network as well. Uh, my thoughts, yeah, give it to me. I mean, Chucky's already there, so you can't make me, you know, unhappy. I mean, you can't make me unhappy in general. It's HHN. I'm going to go every year anyways. But nice cherry on top there with my favorite horror icon, Chucky, there. Uh, let's see. Last bit of horror news. I kind of threw this in there. I don't know if this counts as horror, but I saw horror sites talking about it, so felt safe enough 
put on here in the horror uh, section of the show as well. A reboot of Hellboy is on the way, and it's titled Hellboy the Crooked Man. That's right. I can't wait to see Hellboy go against the Crooked Man from the Conjuring universe. Man, the Conjuring 2, remember the Crooked Man movie was supposed to be coming, but then they scrapped that. James Gunn said it wasn't. James Wan said it wasn't happening. Now look at this, man. Hellboy versus the Crooked. What? That's not it? Damn. So what's this? Uh, Story will follow Hellboy, the summoned demon turned... Reluctant hero as he teams up with a rookie agent to uncover a secluded witch community in the 1950s Appalachian. The script draws from the comic Hellboy the Crooked Man. So he's not fighting the Crooked Man? Man. Boo. <laughs> no. Um, I, I don't know much about Hellboy. I'm going to be 100% honest with you, I didn't see the other movies. I did not see the most recent Hellboy movie, which I think was a reboot, starring... Why am I blanking on his name? David... David Harbour. Um, I did not see that. I don't know. The Hellboy movies never really interested me, from, I guess. That's the best way to put it. After seeing the trailers, I've never really jumped on to seeing the movies. So, I, you know, take time to watch it. But I know there's people have been waiting for a Hellboy movie. No idea if... Blanking on his name again. I just freaking said it. Freaking David Harbour, man. No idea if he's returning to the role of Hellboy if they're casting somebody else. But we'll see how it all goes from there. Alright, last bit of things to talk about news-wise here. Babylon will be hitting Paramount Plus on February 21st. So, the same day this show releases, Babylon will be hitting Paramount Plus. I did not end up seeing this movie in theaters. I know it got mixed reviews as well. Um, some people even saying it bombed. I, I don't know <laughs> how the movie is. I will check it out, though. I am a Margot Robbie fan. I do like her. So I would be more than happy to see the movie and give you my thoughts on it um, whenever I get the chance. You know, maybe, maybe it'll be next week's review. Maybe. We'll see. Depends on if I go see Cocaine Bear or not. <laughs> Let's see. And the last bit of news here. Disney's live action Lilo and Stitch movie. That's a thing? Interesting. Alright, Disney's live action Lilo and Stitch has cast Zach Galifianakis in an undisclosed role in the movie, which is being planned for release on Disney Plus. Wow, they're not even going to theaters for that, just straight to Disney Plus. Well, like, Lilo Sitch is big, is it not? And we're going straight to Disney Plus with that? That's a move. Um, yeah, there you go. I, if I knew about it, I completely forgot that was happening, but that surprised I me. Mean, like I just mentioned a second ago, Lilo Sitch is a big deal over there. Um, yeah, who would Zach Alfin? Is he doing the voice for Stitch? I don't know. I have no idea. But <laughs> nonetheless, that's going to be do it. That's going to be do it. That's going to do it, jeez, for this episode. Hope you enjoyed my nonsense. I appreciate you, as always, joining into the show again this Friday, the 24th. The Throw Me Podcast Network celebrates its one-year anniversary with all kind of goodies and fun times going on, as well as the first-ever defense of the Throw Me Podcast Network championship. I am your champion. I plan on holding on to this championship for as long as possible. Um, 
But nonetheless, join in. Have fun. Follow us on the YouTube. Hit that like. Hit that subscribe. Please hit that notification so you'll be notified of all the fun goodies we have going on. We have so many podcasts on the show and so many good fun things like reactions and, uh, you know, trailer reactions, video game plays, um, all kinds of just nonsense really <laughs> we do all kinds of random fun stuff over there man who doesn't like random fun stuff i know i do so over there through me podcast network join in have some fun with us all help us celebrate the one year anniversary send us some like celebrations like send us some questions do send us some fun man celebrate with us let's have a good time but uh that does it for this week's episode of the review at rob show appreciate you all as always taking the time out of your day part of your day maybe you're listening to me while you're working and for that i say you're welcome for helping you get through work uh but nonetheless appreciate you all thank you so much for the continued support and i will talk to you all next episode just remember happiness can be found even in the darkest of times if one remembers to turn on the light again talk to you all next episode